This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Helen Margulis Annis, president of Sinai Urban Health Institute. Helen, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. It's great to be here. Now, I'm really looking forward to our conversation and just learning about what you're doing there at Sinai Urban Health Institute. You know, I know there's a lot happening in healthcare right now and certainly room for innovation and transformation. But before we get into that discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So I... uh... I'm currently president of Sign Urban Health Institute, as, as you stated. I actually joined SUHI, as we call ourselves, about 20 years ago, pretty soon after we were founded. I had actually just finished a Master of Public Health and Epidemiology uh, at the University of Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota, so that's where I had done my education. And I remember when I was going through that process, I, I was really debating between epidemiology and community health science. And it's really interesting that when I graduated, I very much wanted to find a role where I could combine the data skills that I had acquired with my deep, deep desire to support community health in a very intimate way. So thankfully, I stumbled across the Sign Urban Health Institute, which had just been founded about six months before I graduated. And... I was hired as a social epidemiologist and our, an evaluator of our first ever pediatric asthma intervention. And that led to my career um, at SUHI, uh, where I have really had an opportunity to follow that entire cycle of public health to community health. Um, you know, SUHI ha- is very much focused and has been from our very inception on understanding health inequities in a very hyper-local way. So we, I should back up a minute and say Sinai Urban Health Institute, we are the community-engaged research arm of Sinai Chicago, and Sinai Chicago is Illinois' largest private safety net health system. So we serve as a health system, the west and southwest sides of Chicago. These are areas that have been historically disinvested in, and there are significant health inequities that we knew existed 20 plus years ago when we founded Suhi. Um, and Suhi was really intended to help the system to better understand the drivers of health inequities so that we could be more effective in our response and in serving our patients. So looking back now, I'm always just inspired that Sinai, before anybody was talking about doing community health needs assessments and really talking about social terms of health the way we are now, um, had the foresight to say we really need to go outside the four walls of our health system and, and truly understand what's happening at the community level. So that led to SUHI, and the work that we do is to really um, start with data and to uh, that includes existing data sources such as vital statistics data. It includes primary data collection such as community health surveys and more qualitative methods to study health inequities, to then contextualize them, to understand what's driving them, um, and to then move into action. And that has actually where I ended up spending the greater portion of my career before moving into my current role in 2020, um, was building out Suhi's 
community health innovation arm where we have done a lot of research with community health worker models and understanding how they function most effectively. Um, we're, and so that's, that's really where my, my heart has been. And then in May of 2020, I moved into my current role. Um, and then I should say also that evaluation is a part of everything we do as well at SUFI. That's our, our third arm. So data, um, action, and then evaluation to ensure that what we're doing is having the impact we intend and also that we understand how we're getting that impact so that we can scale efforts as appropriate. Well, that's amazing to hear. And certainly such important work that you're doing um, to make sure that communities who have traditionally been underserved have access to care and, and really can understand what they need and what's going to be most effective. So given that situation and certainly um, where some of the macroeconomic trends are headed, what are some of your top priorities right now? What are you really focused on, especially heading into the new year? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I you know, I think that our current priorities are, have, are very much driven by ensuring that the strides we've made during the COVID-19 public health emergency are not for naught. So when COVID-19 hit, Suhi was in a place where we had built a foundation doing a lot of the things that were suddenly very much of interest to a lot more people. So we had been studying the drivers of health inequities. We knew and had been talking about health inequities for decades. Um, we were very well-versed at working with trusted messengers from communities, uh, such as community health workers. And we also were very well-versed in dialoguing with communities to truly understand their needs and what might be most impactful in supporting them in addressing the challenges they were facing with COVID-19. So because of that, Suhi actually doubled in size and budget um, between 2020 and 2022. Uh, because we thankfully had an opportunity to to really contribute to the response of to COVID nineteen, so I'm really focused now in ensuring like the partnerships that we developed, the profound expansion of our community health worker work, that that continues to be prioritized moving forward, and um, so so that we don't get back to the situation we were in, where not there wasn't the great awareness there is now about presence of health inequities. Uh, so that's where we're really focused. So um, through the tragedy of COVID-19, people are more broadly aware of health inequities and their drivers. They're more aware of the importance of partnering with communities and working with trusted messengers such as CHWs. And we don't want to lose that momentum. So specifically where we are focused, first and foremost, it has really been on transitioning those who were hired to respond to COVID-19 to other health issues. And Suhi has been part of a lot of the city and county level responses, including supporting the city of Chicago in training their contact tracing workforce, their resource um, navigators, and others that were brought on to community-based organizations in response to the pandemic. So we were partners in that initiative. We did all the training. We have upskilled several of those people, 600 plus people we trained from 30 plus community-based organizations um, to work as community health workers. And what we wanna make sure now is that they get the training they need and the support they need to move into other community health work type roles, whether those be community organizations or health systems or federally qualified health centers or others who are increasingly hiring community health workers. Um, related to that, we are also focused on advocating for sustainable reimbursement mechanisms for community health workers. 
And I should take a step back and make sure that when I that when I talk about me health workers, we're all using the same definition. So when I refer to me health workers, the way I define them, the way Suhi defines them, is the way the American Public Health Association defines community health workers. And that is that they're frontline public health workers who are from the communities that they are serving and are therefore trusted members of those communities who can form relationships, who have shared experiences, and who therefore can support people in navigating health systems, um, social service systems, and other systems. So with community health workers, you know, they, that's a workforce that has grown exponentially in recent years, again, largely fueled by public health emergency dollars, but also changing environment in healthcare that is now prioritizing value-based care, prioritizing population health. It's a workforce that has been growing for, for a number of years now and even quicker now. Uh, but a lot of organizations are still not in a place where they're able to um, sustain community health workers longer term. So they're they're living grant to grant. They're needing to move community health workers from one area of focus to another because they need to follow the dollars. So rather than the organization or the community saying these are our specific needs and being able to nimbly move their community health worker workforce accordingly, they're a little bit more constrained by where the money is coming from. So we're very focused on uh, ensuring that we work with funders to continue to support less restrictive funding. That's one way we're advocating. During COVID, it was very interesting because at least locally, and I think this was true nationally as well, a lot of our funders were asking, community-based organizations were asking health systems, what is it you need to respond to this emergency? And they were taking that perspective and giving less restrictive funding to um, organizations so that they could it could be used in the way the organization and the community knew was best. But I'm starting to see some of that revert to more restrictive funding again. So we're advocating for continuation of more nimble funding um, to fund such programs, but also, of course, for better reimbursement through governments, through payers, and also organizational resources. So that's definitely a priority for us. We're also innovating, continue to innovate with me health worker models. Uh, towards responding to other health inequities. And an example here is that we all know that there is a large workforce shortage in behavioral health, and that shortage is impacting minoritized communities most profoundly. We also know that behavioral health needs have increased in recent years. And we at SUHI, along with several partners, are currently building out CHWs who are specialized in behavioral health. We actually just integrated our first couple into our own work here at Sinai Chicago, and we're piloting the model within Sinai. At the same time, we're building out training mechanisms for other CHWs in behavioral health and piloting those. Um, and working with a collaborative of experts in this area to also define where community health workers might fit in the larger behavioral health service delivery environment. So that's really an important area of focus for many. Um, and then innovating in other areas for community health workers, we're, we're always doing that. So maternal child health, chronic disease, so on and so forth. And then beyond CHWs, because I could talk about CHWs for our entire time, but I'm going to move on and also say that um, another area that we're very focused and prioritizing is addressing the social determinants of health more holistically through different assessment methods and through novel partnerships, which may or may not include community health workers, but working with to bring health and social care together. Uh, an example here might be a partnership with a food pantry that we are building to address food insecurity among those who have 
dietary restrictions due to chronic disease. And then being Suhi and all of this, our focus is always on ensuring that what we're doing is effective, that we understand how it's effective, why it's effective, and that we, we work to scale it and implement it more broadly, um, if appropriate. Well, that's really great to hear. And certainly, you know, a lot of different areas um, that are, are a huge focus and a huge uh, challenge right now, but also sounds like you've got a great strategy to meet some of those challenges um, and really keep the energy and passion for healthcare going um, that, as you mentioned, was sparked, especially during the pandemic. Now, uh, from your perspective, when you look ahead over the next two to three years or so, where are the areas that you see as being most important and impactful for growth? So it's interesting, you know, that Suki is is one of the first health equity research centers that I'm aware of in the country. So we we're going to be celebrating our 23rd year, uh, or maybe we actually have celebrated our 23rd year, our 24th. We're you know we're over two decades old. Um, so and we are very unique in that we are affiliated with the safety net health system. We're seeing a lot of health equity research centers pop up now, which is great. We, we need as much attention to this issue as possible. Um, so it's really great to see. A lot of those are affiliated with academic health centers. So I think we bring a really interesting perspective because of our deep rooted history and relationships with community and our hyper-local level focus. Um, so there's a lot of lessons that we have learned that are worth sharing with others. And so we do want, as we evolve, to think about how we more strategically share that expertise out with others who are now moving into that space, how we can partner more with others in the space. There's, again, certainly enough work to do. And the more we can pull our resources and expertise together, the faster we'll move. Also, uh, Suhi, you know, and I'm, I, I don't like hearing this term, but we have often been referred to as a hidden gem. And that did begin to change during COVID. And by hidden gem, I mean that those who, who know of our work and had known of our work, um, knew how much we had to offer and would bring us in and engage us in things. And this is partly, I think, due to the fact that we didn't have historically necessarily the resources to devote to getting our name out there, um, you know, with, with a marketing campaign or, you know, making sure that we're disseminating things as, as profusely as some of our other partners might. So, but it did begin to change during COVID um, as those who knew of our work documenting and contextualized health inequities or calling out systemic racism, responding to social movements of health, innovative community health workers, as those folks began to engage us in our expertise in the response. So I think I said this earlier, but we we did double in size, um, and you know, going from a team of about 30 people to over 60, actually we, we got up to about 70 at, at our peak. Um, and that quick growth, you know, led us to undergo a strategic planning process that's focused on answering the question of identifying what is our niche? What is it that we bring to this environment that others can't, can't bring? And where should we devote our resources you know, so towards continued growth, continuing to move our mission of health equity forward, um, ensuring that we stay true first and foremost to that, but also making sure that, that we're, we're collaborating and not competing for the same sort of in, the, in our efforts so that we can be more efficient. So we're really focused on understanding our structure better and restructuring appropriately, thinking about our culture, our marketing, and partnerships so they continue to grow strategically towards our mission. Um, just some specific things that we're focusing on internally. So internally, we're really focusing on our culture. We've been, we're a unique organization in that we have a very diverse workforce. And by that, I, 
I mean, we have community health workers. We have um, people who might have bachelor's degrees and are just starting out as research specialists. We have health educators. We have curriculum specialists. We have you know, trainers. We have project managers, evaluators. We have PhD trained academic type researchers. So that environment has, we've had a culture throughout our history that has really been focused on co-learning from one another, valuing wisdom that, that comes from different experiences and where every voice is valued. And so as we've grown, it's been very important to stay focused on that, that we don't want that culture to change because that is definitely core um, and, and a strength that we have. So we're really focused on that. We're also thinking a lot more about being more proactive in our marketing uh, and being strategic in how we market ourselves, how we disseminate our findings to different audiences, um, our communication activities to improve our visibility internally, locally, and with national audiences. Structure, I think that's that's you know not a hard one to think about. I mean, you know, we we've grown in size, so we've had to already restructure greatly, but we also want to pay attention again to now career pathways and professional growth mechanisms and how we structure ourselves within our communities as well to maintain those close relationships while also ensuring that we have the means to 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 do the work we want to do and need to do. And then with regard to partnerships, uh, I think that moving forward, we are going to continue to solidify those um, with our parent organization with Sinai Chicago. We, we have done a lot of, we're doing a lot more integrative work now together to get the learnings that we have into Sinai Chicago um, we also have many external partners, uh, academic health institutions, community-based organizations, governmental public health, community partners, funding and business partners, and we're really focused on optimizing those relationships towards enhanced impact, uh, efficiency, opportunity, and visibility. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, you know, really all the work that you are doing um, it can make a big difference, I know, and especially as you were talking through partnerships and ways that you can collaborate um, with other community organizations, it really seems like there are so many opportunities and I'm sure more every day. I think, you know, if you're able to zero in on one project or initiative that had the best results over the last year or two, um, you know, could you tell us a little bit about that and, and what the results were and really how you did it? Sure, that, that, that is a hard question because there has been so much change um, in the past, you know, few years for many of us. And I, so as I thought about this, I, I thought about how about seven-ish years ago, actually I think it was seven years ago, we really started to think a little bit more intentionally about collaboration um, and how we might share our expertise with others in ways that would benefit their work that would benefit our own organization and would also benefit the communities we serve. And so one example here uh, is our Center for CHW Research Outcomes and Workforce Development, which we formalized in 2017. So this is our, we call ourselves CROWD. Um, we love acronyms over here, so we have CROWD. Um, so CROWD is the CHW training and consulting arm of Sinai Urban Health Institute. and at that time, we had years of experience working with community health workers. We'd done a lot with hiring community health workers for our own organization, supporting other organizations a little bit in their hiring processes in terms of identifying community health workers. We were doing training and we had developed, evaluated, scaled several effective CHW programs within our own organization. But we didn't have a formal business structure for the work. We, were, we did occasionally get connected to people who wanted our support because they knew we, we knew this, this space pretty well and wanted us to support them. 
So in 2017, we decided to take a leap and, and actually formalize this under this umbrella crowd. I will say I'm a public health person. I've, I've made, I think that's been pretty clear. Um, I don't think like a business person, and I thought even less like a business person in 2017. I've, I've had to learn to think more like a business person. Uh, but you know, we, we saw that this was really important to do because it was expertise we had. It was worth getting more people to share that expertise so because community health workers can be so important in supporting communities in improving their health and I think are one of the key ways that we will fill gaps in care, support people in navigating systems, and really drive out health inequities over time. So we needed to get that out there. And it also offered us an opportunity to bring resources in a novel way to SUHI and to Sinai and to the communities we serve to support us in, in moving our mission forward. So we launched in 2017. Um, we have, Proud to date, has trained over 2,000 community health workers. We've consulted with over 70 organizations across the country, which has included managed care organizations, public health departments, health systems, academic research studies, community-based organizations, and public health initiatives. And we were able to leverage Crowd quickly to support the COVID-19 response by working with the COVID response Corps in Chicago to train all of their workforce that was going to be doing the community-based work. We've supported Illinois Healthcare Transformation Collaboratives, which, which are in place in terms of hiring and training and staffing up and um, building their interventions with community health workers. And we also, we just continue to innovate with that. So Crowd started off with a couple of trainings. Um, we've developed numerous, we have a, a core skill training now. We have specialty trainings in asthma, diabetes, all sorts of areas. Um, we've done a lot more with social terms of health and navigation of health systems. And as I mentioned earlier with behavioral health. So this model has been, you know, it, it's now I would say we are the premier CHW training site in our region. And we, we um, continue to work more with, with national partners as well. So it's, it's been a great success for us. And one that I, I think, again, was very much needed in, in the space. That's awesome to hear. Helen, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and really spelling out what you're doing there at Sinai Urban Health Institute. It's certainly, um, you know, very impressive and inspiring work. And I appreciate your time today. I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you, Laura. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.